Amen. We live for the glory of the risen King. Absolutely. Before I begin my message, just a little ministry update of some things that uh, uh, you may or may not be aware of. Of course, many of you, of course, are aware that uh, Pastor Scott Seidler has accepted the call to be our next senior pastor here. Um, and Pastor Jeremy, of course, will be finishing his time with us uh, shortly. The concern was how much of a gap of time would there be in between those two uh, events. Uh, the good news is that Pastor Seidler has announced that he is going to be boots on the ground, if you will, at work in the office on Monday, August 12th, which is wonderful because the day before that is Pastor Jeremy's final Sunday with us, so there's really no gap in between. Uh, God just worked all of that out, you know, so praise be to him for those, those details. And please keep the Seidler family in your prayers as they get ready to relocate from St. Louis to Arizona. And um, pray, of course, for Pastor Jeremy and his family uh, with their time of transition as well. Exciting times. Let's pray. Lord God, memories are so very important and powerful for us as we think about things that have happened in the past. Lord, we, as a nation, this weekend, call to mind various memories of what has happened for our nation to be able to be where it is today. We thank you for those brave individuals who willingly put their names on the Declaration of Independence, signing their own death warrants in that act. We thank you, Lord, for the men and women since then who have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our freedoms. Lord, help us to live in the joy of that freedom and to guard it uh, with all of our heart and soul and help us to take those memories and apply them to how we live. But mostly, Lord, give us memories of what you have done for the sake of our salvation and help us to live in the joy of that forever. In Jesus' name, amen. God's peace be with you, friends. We are continuing in this sermon series called Summer in the Psalms. Selections from God's Playlist. We're looking at different psalms from the Old Testament, and today we're looking at Psalm number 77. And we're considering it under the theme, Memories. Obviously, this weekend our nation is marking some pretty important memories. Memories of those courageous signers of the Declaration of Independence. This weekend is a call to remember all who have made sacrifices for the sake of the freedoms that we enjoy as Americans. You know, if you think about it, memories are an important part of our human experience. Without memories, life wouldn't be as rich and full as it is. Memories remind us that life is more than just what is happening right now. Life is more than just the problems that we face right now. Memories remind us that we have a history, that we're part of something bigger than simply ourselves or our individual problems. Of course, we try to capture memories in a variety of ways. Maybe you write a diary. Maybe you've written a family history of your family. And, of course, we capture memories with 
photographs. All right, this rather scary photo I'm going to show you now <clears throat> shows my older sister and me when I was about one year old. So now you know why my father's favorite nicknames for me were Meatball and Butter Tub. <laughs> I was about as wide as I was tall. Uh, thankfully, I eventually stretched out a little, but uh, yeah, we joke about that to this day. By the way, if you go on our Shepherd of the Desert Facebook page, we have childhood photos of our various church staff. So if you want to know what Tracy Grindle looked like as a young girl or right on down the line, you go on the Facebook page, you can see those there. Uh, the next picture was taken about 10 years later. I'm sitting between my mom and dad. Uh, my older sister is off to the right in the back next to my mom. And then my younger brother and baby sister are holding their Easter baskets. Uh, this is Easter 1970. It was our first Easter in California after we had moved there from St. Louis, Missouri. A lot of memories, huh? And you have photos. You have memories of your family going way back, maybe even generations of photos to your ancestors. I've been thinking a lot about memories lately because my mom that was in that photo is now in a memory care unit in California. It's kind of hard to see her slipping away. Uh, a while back, my older sister was visiting her and my sister Lynn texted the rest of us siblings to say, for the first time, mom didn't know me. Her memory is quickly going away. And it's, it's kind of sad, isn't it? Her memory is going, but our memories remain. Memories of a mom who was wonderfully loving and was the center of warmth in our family. Memories of my dad being a pastor and raising us in the Christian faith and so on. Well, today we are looking at Psalm number 77 under this theme of memories. And this particular psalm was written by a guy named Asaph. Actually, Psalms 73 through 83 are ascribed to Asaph, along with Psalm number 50. So he wrote a number of the psalms in the Old Testament. Asaph was a director of music for King David. In fact, he was one of three directors of uh, King David's Levitical choirs, three different choir directors. So, yeah, he was kind of like the equivalent of Audrey Christensen here on this campus or Jen Hodges over at our Mountain View campus. So there were three of these guys, Asaph. Uh, the second one was called Jeduthun, also known as Ethan. And then a third one was named Heman, H-E-M-A-N. Guys, I want you to pay attention to this one, Heman. You, you look at that, H-E-M-A-N. It looks like He-Man. The first He-Man was a choir director. So, guys, it's not unmanly to be in the choir, all right? So I'm going to make a pitch here, guys. Join us in the choir, would you? We need some basses and tenors in the choir starting this fall. Gals, we need you too, all right? Sopranos and altos, we need you in the choir, and it's... Certainly okay to do that. All right, I was joking about Heman. But he was one of the three, along with Asaph, who were directors of worship, directors of music and the worship of the Israelite community. But evidently, Asaph was going through a tough time. 
it was a time of great distress in his life. We're not told what it was in this psalm, but he writes about it pretty openly. In Psalm 77, Asaph makes use of memories in dealing with the difficult situation he was facing, whatever it was. Let me ask you, how do you deal with an experience of distress? How have you dealt with it in the past? Maybe you're going through something tough right now. How do you deal with distress? We're going to learn something from Asaph because he was going through a really tough time, whatever it was. In the opening verses of Psalm 77, Asaph acknowledges that he really wasn't handling his distress very well. Yes, he was a man of faith, but he is struggling. I'm sure you've been there too. You're a person of faith, but you still struggle. He is very honest about that. Let's look at the first three verses. He says, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and my soul refused to be comforted. I remembered you, O God, and I groaned. I mused, and my spirit grew faint. Wow. We hear in those words Asaph's honest, raw feelings. He's really open about this, the struggle he's having. I think that is actually one of the valuable elements of the Psalms. Many of the Psalms are very brutally honest with the feelings of the one who's writing the Psalm. They show very real human emotion coupled with expressions of faith. Real human emotion coupled with expressions of faith. I think there's something for us to learn from that example. Just being a Christian doesn't make you immune from life's problems, right? We all struggle in a variety of ways. It doesn't mean we're no longer faithful, but it's just being honest to say, I'm hurting here and I need help. And so we hear Asaph crying out to God and still not being comforted. Do you ever feel that way? You cry out to God and you still don't feel comforted? Maybe you're wondering, God, are you even out there? Do you even care? Where are you now? And evidently, evidently God's answer to Asaph's problem was rather slow in coming, and he was eager for God to answer him. Now, I joke a little bit. You know, Asaph spells his name in English A-S-A-P-H, A-S-A-P-H. I, I wonder if maybe it doesn't stand for him saying, hey, God, give me an answer as soon as possible and hurry, A-S-A-P-H. Don't we feel that way sometimes? God, I need an answer as soon as possible. Hurry. Life is tough. Help me here. That's the way he was feeling. And he moans and he groans. Even as he thinks about God, he groans. And I think this is an important point here. His faith is not dead. It's simply perplexed. He's feeling overwhelmed with whatever it is. His faith is not dead. 
but he's perplexed. And isn't that our experience at times? We still trust God. Boy, life is hard. And he is at a spiritual impasse here that he just can't seem to get beyond this question, God, where are you now? How do you get past that? Well, stay tuned. We're going to come to that in the latter part of this psalm. But that's the issue at hand. Now, Asaph also shows some signs of depression, nervous fatigue, and insomnia. The guy can't sleep. This is keeping him up at night. It's manifesting itself in physical ways. You know, that is so much a problem today in America, the problem of sleep deprivation. All too many people are going through life on very little sleep, and it's having negative effects. My, uh, one of my favorite sleep-deprived stories is a true story. It describes a woman in her late 40s who had a surprise new baby. Yeah, late 40s, new baby. So now she's back living in the newborn haze. You gals who have had babies, you know all about that, right? The newborn haze that you're in for a while. So she was running through the Old Navy store for a few baby items, and she got stuck in an endless line that would never move. You know what that's like? Oh, who likes that? And as she stood there, waiting and waiting, holding her items to check out, she kind of dozed off several times and woke herself and dozed off again until finally she woke up alert enough only to realize that she had been standing for 20 minutes behind an Old Navy mannequin. <laughs> True story. Ah, sometimes, yeah, sleep deprivation can have its weird effects on us. And that seems to be part of Asaph's problem. He's not sleeping. He's not doing well. He's really struggling. What do you do in all of that? He says, you kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. Not only was he sleepless, he was speechless. You ever been like that? God, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to pray for. I'm in such a deep funk. I don't even know how to proceed. Does that describe you? So tired and troubled, you don't even know what to say. So Asaph tries another tactic. Don't we all come up with some kind of tactic? The tactic he tries next is to remember things that he had done in the past. He thinks, if I go back to some of my own memories of things that I've done in the past, maybe that'll help cheer me up. And so he thought about activities that he had been involved in many years earlier. And he called to memory some of the songs that he had written. Remember, he's the music director, the composer of worship songs. And he calls to mind some of the songs that he himself had written, thinking this might help. He says in verse 5 and 6, I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. And while such recollecting may have generated some pleasant thoughts and maybe even brought some temporary relief, those memories from his own personal history 
were not enough to bring him complete relief. In fact, they only made him question God even more. We get to verses 6 through 9 and listen to what he says. My heart mused and my spirit inquired, will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Wow, those are some bold questions. Very honest. Maybe you've asked some of the same ones. Haven't you felt this way at times? And asked questions like, God, where are you now? Have you abandoned me? I don't feel your presence. What next? Then Asaph has a breakthrough. And the breakthrough is reflected in the second half of this psalm. The first half is, is all of what we've just talked about. But the second half shows a breakthrough in verses 10 through 20. And as, as he has these breakthrough insights, I think they are things that we can apply to our own life. So I want us to examine these a little more closely. And they come out real clearly in verses 10 through 12. He says, after all of this that he had just uh, written about, and all these questions of God, he says, then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years of the right hand of the Most High the right hand is the place of power. I will remember what God has done. He goes on to say, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. In those words right there, we see two major shifts in Asaph's thinking. And I think these are both really significant because they provide us two insights for dealing with distress. These two shifts in his thinking. The first major shift in his thinking is that he went, about, he went from first thinking about what he had done in the past to thinking about what the Lord had done in the past for him and for his people. It was a major shift from what he himself had done in the past to what the Lord had done in the past. Again, listen to those words. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. So, friends, if you're in the middle of a distress, the first takeaway here is this. The first insight from Asaph is this. Remember what the Lord has done for you in the past when you're going through a tough time. Bring to mind what God has done for you in the past. So shift away from memories about what you've done to memories about what God has done. Asaph called to mind what God had done centuries earlier to save his people. He says in verse 15 of the psalm, with your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. And the rest of the psalm, we're not going to read all of it, but the rest of the psalm that I encourage you to read this week for your devotion time, the rest of it is all about God delivering his people in the time of the Exodus. 
delivering his people out of slavery in Egypt. You remember the story. The Israelites had been slaves for more than 400 years in Egypt. God sent Moses to be the one to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. Pharaoh refused again and again, and God sent 10 plagues to try and convince Pharaoh to let them go. And finally, the 10th plague, the death of the firstborn, including Pharaoh's own firstborn son, convinced him to let the people go. We have the Passover event where God passes over the homes of those faithful ones who had put the blood of the lamb on their door frames. They were spared, and they were allowed to leave finally. And what happens? They get partway out in the desert. They come to the edge of the Red Sea, and they realize they're trapped. The Egyptian armies are coming after them, and they have no escape as water is in front of them. And Moses is instructed by God to lift up his staff, and God parts the sea, and they pass through on dry ground to safety on the other side while the Egyptian armies are drowned in the waters of the Red Sea. That's what Asaph calls to mind in the midst of his own distress, what God had done for his people in the past. And if God can do that, God can help me. And so the first insight for dealing with distress, you see, is to remember what the Lord has done in the past. When Asaph was in distress, he remembered what God had done in the past at the Red Sea. So, when you are in distress, let me ask you, what act of God will you bring into your memory? Which act of God will you bring into your own memory when you are going through a tough time? Let me suggest something. How about His greatest act of deliverance and redemption on a hill on the outskirts of Jerusalem when God gave up His own innocent Son in your place and mine? For there on the cross of Calvary, our Lord Jesus took all the punishment we deserve for our failures and our sins. He willingly did that out of love for you, that you might through faith in Him be assured that your sins are wiped away. And He rose from the dead on the third day to open the way to heaven for all who trust in Him. That is all certain because of what God did for us in Christ Jesus. It not only gives us forgiveness, it not only gives us eternal life, it gives us real meaning and purpose for living this life here and now. Even when life gets hard, we have a new purpose for living, to live for the glory of God in all things and to share His love with others. If Independence Day weekend reminds us of anything, it reminds us to remember the sacrifices of those who went before us and gave us our freedoms. Asaph remembered how God set the Israelites free from Egypt and led them to the promised land of Canaan. But Jesus, friends, has set us free from the worst kind of slavery, slavery to sin. And He promises to take us all the way to the promised land of heaven itself. And so the next time you find yourself in distress, insight number one, remember what the Lord has done in the past for you, especially in Jesus Christ. There's a second major shift in Asaph's thinking that is extremely important. 
And that is he shifted from talking about God to talking to God. In the first half of the psalm, he's kind of talking all about God. In the second half of the psalm, he talks to God in prayer. Listen to what he says. Now his language changes. He says, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. Your ways, O God, are holy. What God is so great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. He directed his thoughts to God. And so a second takeaway, a second insight for dealing with our distress in life is to take time to talk, not about God, but talk to God. Let me ask you, how high a priority is prayer in your everyday living? As one of your pastors, I want to encourage you to, to do a silent, honest self-assessment of how much time you spend praying in a day, in a week, in a month. How much do you pray? James, in, the, in his New Testament book, says, you have not because you ask not. Do we perhaps not have relief from our distress, partly because we don't ask? Are we robbing ourselves of divine comfort and help in our times of distress because we talk about God but rarely, if ever, actually talk to Him? God desires us to talk to Him. When Asaph addressed him, he addressed him by his personal name, Yahweh, Lord, all in capitals in English, Yahweh, the personal name for God. Our God wants us to understand that he is our close, loving, heavenly father and that he considers us his dearly beloved children. And guess what? Our dad wants to hear from his kids just as he wants us to listen to him in his word. We need to talk to God in our distress. And so, friends, the next time you're going through a tough time, keep these two insights in mind from Asaph. First of all, remember what the Lord has done in the past for you, especially at the cross. And then secondly, talk to Him. Let's do that right now. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank and praise You for Your amazing mercy and love toward us in the past that is most clearly seen in the giving of your Son, Jesus, as our Savior. At the cross and the empty tomb, we see the depth of your love for us. We see your commitment to us. We see, Lord, that you are right here with us, that you would be willing to do that much. Help us, Lord, to take heart in what you've done for us in the past. And then, Lord, teach us to pray to pray to you as our loving Heavenly Father every day, knowing that you love us, knowing that you care. All this we pray in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.